0: All right, it's the Storm Tracker podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin here with Frank Tucker, representing for CanesCounty.com, and we're part of the Rivals Network, bringing you exclusive news for the Miami Hurricanes. And we're officially kind of into the off season now, so it's all about recruiting and it's all about the transfer portal. This is going to be possibly a record day when it comes to transfers on on Monday here when the uh, window. Uh, officially, officially opens here. Ton of transfers are already on the market. Ton of guys have already transferred from Miami, including names like Keyshawn Smith and Bad Franklin, um, and 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 a few other guys. So, Frank, you know um, Miami's got a lot of need in a lot of at a lot of different positions. Um, what do you think? is the most vital position that Miami needs to go after in the transfer portal?
1: I think it's a combination of three, honestly, running back, receiver and defensive back cornerback mate, mostly, uh, you know, I, I think Dante Thornton out of Oregon, you know, probably the top kid in the transfer portal right now uh, is someone that is probably going to end up at Miami from everything that I'm hearing, um, you know, really good player, good size, six foot five, uh, former top prospect coming out of high school, uh, Mario Cristobal recruit. So um, there's a previous relationship there. Sam McCall is a is a recent name that jumped in the portal um, that I think could help Miami out, especially at safety. Uh, you know, if if they're thinking about transitioning James Williams more and more into a box type role, he's somebody that you could put over the top with Cam Kitchens in two high settings. And there's a relationship there with Cormani McClain. Obviously, they played together uh, at Lake Gibson and, and were quite the tandem, uh, extremely productive. And Sam McCall for a long time was actually the more feared player. Uh, so he, he's an intriguing player coming out of Florida State. Um, and then, you know, I think running back wise, there's, there's a bunch of names. Um, I, you know, there's really no traction, I don't think, right now. But Byron Cardwell, um, former top prospect, uh, who's an Oregon transfer as well. Uh, He's about six foot, 210 pounds. So he's uh, fits the mold a little more physically uh, than who who we have on the roster right now, especially with that Franklin leaving uh, to kind of take a pounding, uh, especially if Gaddis is still going to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, He, you know, he's a little bit closer to a big 10 type back. Uh, So I I could see him being somebody that they go after. Um, And then there's an interesting name at defensive tackle. You know, Miami doesn't really have a defensive tackle commit right now. They have a, you know, some defensive linemen. But Alton Tarver, who just jumped in the porter, portal oh, from wow. Oklahoma, uh, was somebody that Mario Cristobal was actually pushing for pretty heavily uh, when he first came to Miami as one of those potential late flips, um, you know, back in December uh, at a Deerfield Beach, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Dominant,
1: yeah. dominant defensive tackle prospect, so strong, but a little undersized height-wise, but still fitting like 305, uh, but like a really good – trimmed down 305, uh, could be a really good run defender and, and provide a little bit of pass rush. Um, you know, with, with some of the guys uh, in that defensive tackle room, either transferring out like Elijah Roberts uh, or graduate, graduating like a Jacob Lichtenstein, um, they're going to need some depth. There's only five defensive tackles returning, uh, and there's really not a ton of options in the 2023 class. So I could I could definitely see him being one of those guys they go after in the transfer portal.
0: Yeah. One position that, you know, we didn't, we didn't mention. And I like all those guys, by the way, I, I, I do like, uh, I saw the tape on um, Byron Caldwell uh, Cardwell. I, I think he is a good fit for, for Miami at, at running back Thornton. I could definitely see as well that, I mean, Mario still is pulling guys from Oregon and he's still tapping into the West coast. And um, what's great about this staff is that they, they recruit nationally. It's not just South Florida. It's not just Florida, you know, Canes County is pretty much the whole country, you know, that they're trying to recruit. So glad glad to see that they're recruiting on a national basis because if you look back at the national championship teams, they're not just all South Florida guys. I mean, most of these, I would say most of the guys were from elsewhere. You know, if you look at the 2001 squad, Ed Reed is from Louisiana, um, you know, Shockey. Uh, you know, not from South Florida. Brian McKinney, not from South Florida. Um, the, Ken Dorsey, North, California. Ken Dorsey, California, right. So, you know, they're, they're going to have to get guys from other places uh, in order to really build the championship type of team. And and the fact that Cristobal started, not started, but most recently what was in Oregon, seems like it's going to pay dividends in the transfer portal. But speaking of quarterback, it doesn't seem like Miami's going to be tapping into a quarterback um, for the either the transfer portal or the uh, in, in recruiting. I mean, they've already confirmed with me that they are not looking for another quarterback for the 2023 class. Uh, they're still open to possibly add another guy. Uh, do you think that they should add a, a quarterback from
1: the transfer portal? You know, we, we just put an article out um, on an intriguing option uh, that could potentially end Miami, you know, and we've had it up for a little bit now, so, you know, we can talk about it a little bit. Nick Vadiato isn't in the transfer portal yet, um, but he's a guy with three years of eligibility. He, he's, he you know, with, with what Mario Cristobal talks about, bringing in competition and, and wanting certain personalities on this team, I think he fits that mold. Uh, he, he's, he's a guy who, when he came in as a true freshman, uh, you know, helped lead his team to a bowl game victory in the Bahamas Bowl, uh, right? Was was pretty productive for a freshman starter. Um, you know, out of South Florida, he was arguably the top quarterback in South Florida for multiple years uh, coming out of university school and true prep. There's a relationship there with Brandon Ennis, right? Like there's a relationship there with Marcus Tate, who's over at Clemson, right? Like who, who was a, a big time Mario Cristobal recruit. As well, like there are some guys around college football right now, especially in the transfer portal, that he's ha- he's got some strong relationships with. Right, if you if you wanted to add somebody that doesn't have to start next year, but could be a two year guy for you after that, has a relationship with Frank Ponce. Frank Ponce offered him both at App State and Louisville. Uh, it, you know, there, there's a strong relationship there. Uh, I, I think he's a name to watch. Um, just in case he decides he wants to come back home. I don't think that they're gonna go after like the Brendan Armstrongs or anybody like that. Uh, it's It's just you know, I think they're gonna ride it out with TVD and Garcia with uh, you know Jakari uh, potentially in there. I think you know there might be some changes schematically with you know some things that go on um, and hopefully some better communication between Frank Ponce and Josh Gaddis. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see them going after anybody else. Emery Williams, they seem to like a lot. Um, the class, the kids in the class, twenty twenty three class, seem to absolutely love him and, and be ri- and pretty much riding for him throughout. So, um, you know, I, I think they're in a good position at quarterback. And the only real option for me is is grabbing a guy of the future.
0: See, the thing with Nick Vadiato, if that came to fruition, I mean, he's he's not even in the transfer portal yet. Well, first off, are you hearing that he could possibly be in the transfer portal?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm hearing that there were conversations um you know with miami potentially you know still being interested right like i don't i don't necessarily obviously like they can't dip into Nick the Nick Fadiato pool uh officially right but from what i heard was the evaluations that they had on Nick Vadiato and frank ponts were are still something that they are interested in right those are still those are still what they feel um you know he still feels like he's a guy that could potentially play. And, and he's somebody that they spurned the first time around. Right. And I think, I think there's a chance there. I think there's a chance. I think there's definitely something to watch. I've, you know, I've heard that he potentially could be coming back home, um, you know, because, you know, this year he was supposed to be the starting quarterback after leading the team to a bowl game. Uh, you know, there was a pretty solid end of the year run for him. Uh, and then, you know, this year they went with the sixth year senior that was coming back from an ACL tear. Um, so, you know, I think you, I think he felt a little type of way about that, um, not being named the starter because they were pu- kind of punting, uh, for future opportunities at mid Tennessee state. They, they saw the writing on the wall. We have a six year guy. We could have Nick Vadiato for three years instead of for, you know, three years after this guy leaves. So they were kind of like balancing out their options, not saying that Nick wasn't good enough to be the starter. So I think a lot of people are going to go back and look at Nick's Vadiato's. Nick Fadiato's production this year, and they're going to be like, how are we going to take a backup quarterback from mid-Tennessee State? Well, mid-Tennessee State just blew us out first off. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, he, he was capable of being a starter. They they took the redshirt year just because they saw that there really wasn't a stronger option for them outside of this top, this uh, six-year senior quarterback that they had.
0: My question is, where does that leave Jake Garcia then? Just let's just say hypothetically, Nick Fajardo does come down, come back home, uh, and you know he's added to the roster here. I I feel like that leaves Jake Garcia out, you know, because um, or or there's going to be a competition for that backup role because Chard Brown. Let's just be honest, I, I, he's not going anywhere. I I don't think he he's still just a freshman, and and these guys would be going into their third year um jake garcia and nick nick vadiato while jacquard brown would be going into a second year next year so i guess that's that's the part for me it's like um you know where does that leave him and because that potentially let's say you go through the 2023 season as is with with uh with tvd jake nick jacquari and emery right five quarterbacks on the roster. And then after that, TBD, you assume is going to be gone after next year, which leaves, like I said, Vadiato, Garcia, Brown, Emery, and whoever else they get in the class for the following year, whether that's a Van Buren or Prentice, uh, Nor- um, Aaron Norland, you know, so, uh, whoever they get. Um, so, I don't know. It just seems like that would be too many QBs in the room uh, for me. But, you know, uh, it, it is an interesting story, and we'll continue to monitor that uh, on the go forward here. Um, but the next thing we'll, we'll talk about is flips, man. Like, uh, it, it's also not only is it transfer season, but it's also flipping season. And we are expecting Joshua Horton to, to flip too much. Miami on Sunday, Joe Salavea was in Georgia, the defensive line coach for Miami to check out Joshua Horton in his high school uh, game in, in Georgia there. So I think all signs are still telling us that that is going to happen on Sunday, but there's several other flip candidates. And when we've been talking about a couple, basically all year uh, with uh, Brandon Ennis um, possibly flipping from Ohio State. Um, well, what's your
1: thoughts on Brandon Ennis right now? Yeah, so obviously some things changed. He was talking about potentially committing in February now, which is kind of a weird development, um, but not super surprising because we've seen Brian Hartline be connected to a number of different jobs. I think that was a huge reason why he was even going to Ohio State. Like I'm sure he loves Ryan Day. If Brian Harland is not the receivers coach there, he's not going to Ohio State. Uh, so I, I I would say that's something to watch. Like, I, I know Ohio State fans are real confident because he put out a tweet saying that right now he is happy where he's at. I think the key was he said right now. And yeah. We, we, every time we hear a college football coach connected to a job, it's always I love where I'm at. Right, yeah. it's it's great. Uh, you know, I'm, this is home for me. I'm You're not giving looking- me Nick Saban nightmares, man. Uh, I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. <laughs> <And then laughs> yeah, we're at- or like Rich Rodriguez. You know, I'm not going anywhere. Like it, it's it, it's always it's always like that, right? A coach is never going to say that they're not going. They're that they're going to be going to a school. They're not going to show their cards before they have to. I think even Lane Kiffin was in a position where he had actually accepted the job and had to backtrack uh, and take an extension at Ole Miss because his family found out that he was taking the job and wasn't exactly happy with it. So it's it's just the nature of college football when these coaches say, right now I'm happy where I'm at. I would not be surprised to see Brian Hartline somewhere else. Um, you know. And, and honestly, I, I still think that Miami's got a really good chance uh, with Brandon, and it's especially if they get Mark Fletcher and Damari Brown on early signing day. Those are two kids that have – Indicated that they are going to sign early. They're not going to push this to February. Uh, it is a it is a three team race now with Mark Fletcher. Florida State actually put themselves back into the race recently uh, with conversations. I still think that they're a third behind Florida and Miami. I'm sticking with I'm sticking with my guns and saying that Miami is still the favorite here. Uh, you know, just just family family. You know. Fandom, uh, you know, the, the opportunity to stay home, NIL opportunities, uh, chances at early playing time better than better I think than they are Florida. Yeah, I think that's the key for me. I think he could jump in and, and play right away. Yeah, there's two kids at Florida uh that you know are, are are still young backs that are gonna play there, right? One of them being Travis Etienne's little brother, uh, yeah. who was a freshman starter this year. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and at Miami, the Right. It's, it's great to have Henry Parrish. It's you not know, it, right
0: still over there.
1: No, he just entered the transfer portal. Right. Wow. So that's another thing. Right. <laughs> South Florida kids haven't exactly thrived in this new culture at, at Florida. Right. Like we don't see Derek Wingo really ever on the field. Uh, Naquon <laughs> Wright transfers out. Uh, you know, it's it, they're not really recruiting South Florida. To that extent, it seems more like, uh, you know, here and there, like Annie Jean and a Mark Fletcher, but it seems like their evaluations are like they're being picky with South Florida a little bit. It's not the typical, you know, Dan Mullen coming down, trying to get a Mod Moten, right? Trying to get Wesley saying trying to get this kid, trying to get this kid. Like, it's not like that. Um, right. So I don't, I don't really think it's a South Florida, it's a very Louisiana heavy staff, right? So there, there's really not that many South Florida ties. Like, they have Benedict Hippolyte on staff, former Miami Hurricane yeah. staffer. Uh, but other than that, there's just not that many South Florida ties. Um, so, you know, I I could definitely see, um, them still being in the race to the end up, but I'm, I'm pretty gung ho about Miami here. I know there was a lot of smoke, uh, because that visit that he took right before he decommitted and, and the running backs coach being super heavy on Mark Fletcher, but I think they're more looking at him to fit a role while Miami's looking at him to fit. Uh, you know a potential starting position, which is a little bit different. I, I don't think you can rely on Henry Parrish and Jalen Knighton uh, and, and those guys to be the bell cow running back at the University of Miami and win championships. Just five foot ten, five foot nine, one hundred ninety pound backs just don't hold up, and when we saw them get nicked up all year long. Uh, and and Trevante Citizen, I know they love him. He, he's coming off a serious knee injury. We don't really know if he's ever going to be the same. Remember how high everybody was on Lorenzo Lingard? Same thing happened, right? Oh, ACL transfer portal again, by the way. Oh, he's <laughs> he's trying maybe he goes to Florida State. Maybe he hits like the whole big three <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. that kid is in the portal like every year. Uh you know, he's he's the new Demarcus Bowman. Um, so but yeah, man, I I I, uh, I still think that. You know, running back is, is, is a super focus right now, Mark Fletcher being the main guy. I don't know. I think Chris Johnson, the Chris Johnson sweepstakes is pretty much done. Uh, Clemson has has kind of taken over that number one role with Ole Miss still being that, probably at number two for me. But that's like for now though, right? I mean, yeah, I just don't know if Miami's going to – Mario Cristobal doesn't seem like one of those guys. It's just going to continue to let a kid, you know. Yeah. Piss on, actually, on his shoes and, and and tell him that it's raining. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like that's can't. actually
0: what, what I heard from the staff too. That they're they're not gonna wait on kids. You know, um, and I, that I, that's what I think the situation is with CJ. I think they're not they're not gonna wait on him. And and um, I think they maybe had some questions about his durability, anyways. Um, and to be honest, I think Mark Fletcher just has more staying power for for the long haul just based on his size and, and just his upside. So yeah, I I, I agree. I, I don't know where he's going, but I, I think he's definitely trending towards away from Miami. Yeah,
1: and and, and I got a chance to speak to Damari Brown uh yesterday before their playoff game. Um you know we'll have an article drop uh today on that but just just the energy that I got from that conversation there has been conversations between the three of them about potentially playing together in Miami. Uh, I think Brandon Ennis is the longer shot right now. Um, but I, I I do think that, uh, you know, there are some family influences on, on <laughs> with both Mark Fletcher and, and uh, Damari Brown, whose dad Selwyn Brown uh, was a standout corner at the university of Miami um, yeah. to, to keep these kids home. Uh, I do think that these are, a very involved parents in the process and they, they want to make sure their kids pick the right spot. But from what I was told by Damari Brown, he'll probably know his decision about a week before signing day. So we're going to be coming up on that soon, right? Like it, signing day is coming up and if he's a, yeah. if he's going to know where he's going about a week before we're, we're close to him making that decision. Um, you know he did say that he'll probably be taking a local visit, but every you know he's not going to be going to Florida State. He's not going to be going back up to Bama. It was only a one-day visit at Bama. It wasn't something pretty extensive. Literally, just went for the game and kind of came back that next morning. So that's that's a positive. That's a positive turn for Miami. I think that it wasn't like an extensive stay on Sunday. Didn't do that right. Like went had his game Friday night. Had a red eye to get to my get to you know Alabama early in the morning. Went to their game in, at the Iron Bowl, came back home early that Sunday morning. So, um, yeah, not not your typical you know official type visit, right? Like it, right. it's a little bit of a little bit. And I still listen. I'm not going to sit here and say there's no relationship with Alabama. Nick Saban is 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 gung ho on American heritage cornerbacks. Um, you know that's he's Continues to try to dip into that pool, and I, I think that he's he's high on Damari Brown. I still think they're going after Desmond Ricks, and I don't think that they take both of them. So he's waiting to see who makes that decision first. Uh, Desmond Ricks, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he ends up waiting till February to sign, just because he reclassed pretty late in the process. Yeah. So Damari Brown's gonna be the first domino to fall. It's an Alabama and Miami race. Don't think Florida State is in it anymore. Um, and and I'm, I'm feeling good about Miami there.
0: All right. Well, we'll continue to monitor that on Demario Brown. I think one of the best cor- uh, cornerbacks in, in all of Florida, maybe even the nation. Um, so definitely would be a primetime get for, for Miami. Once again, this is Marcus Benjamin and Frank Tucker, representative Keynes kingscounty.com Follow us on YouTube. Uh, or subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And also wanted to touch on another local player that, you know, has been starting to get some buzz to come to Miami. And that's our guy, Ruben Bain Uh, with the recent changes at, at Auburn. Now Hugh freeze is now coming into the fold. There wants to bring in his whole staff and one of the main recruiters for uh, Reuben Bain is no longer going to be there. Uh, so, Reuben Bain, it seems like he was trending away from uh, uh, Miami. Seems like he's 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 back on back on the radar here.
1: Yeah, and and I think this is a a perfect example of why kids, if they had their options still on the table. Right. If they're a Reuben Bain or a Damari Brown, you wait until the final moment of the process because people can put put all this noise in your face about coaches staying and and, and things moving around a certain way. And then things change. Rock Bell and Tony being fired by Auburn was a huge surprise pretty much throughout college football. Right. South Florida connector at Auburn. Right. He was one of the point of contacts not only for Reuben Bain, but but Lamar Seymour. Right. Uh, you know. Sanquon Clark was a huge reason why uh, Kiwan Jenkins ended up going there. Um, you know, we, we've seen upwards of 20 kids from South Florida visit at one time. There's really no connector for South Florida there on staff right now. Um, and, and and it seems like you it seems like Freeze came in and just decided to shake things up. Right. Uh, you know, before signing day, which is is a weird which it's a weird way to go about it. Usually you don't see guys get removed from the staff until signing day, just so that they can keep right. that class potentially yeah. together. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But I, I think it's Miami and I think it's Louisville right now. Um, doesn't seem like Alabama's really in it right now. I, I think that really? they've backed off a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't I don't necessarily think that it's, it's an Alabama race anymore. I think this is – John Heron, the, the director of recruiting at Louisville, is – a major point of contact for Ruben Bain right now, former South South Dade basketball coach that made his way into the college football ranks at Florida state and Florida as the director of recruiting was a huge point of contact for the, for the all the Palmetto kids that ended up going to Florida and he's dipping back into the Miami pool again. And he's grabbed the likes of Will Fowles, Stanquan Clark, Kateris Hicks, Uh, you know, name after name for Louisville um, out of South Florida this year. Uh, Raquan Atkins out of Miami Northwestern, so um, you know I, he is doing a good job of of keeping Louisville in the race until the end. Um, I still think that this is going to be a Miami, uh, you know, decision at the end, just because relationship with his brother, right? You know, Roland Smith, and and, and any any noise um, about him not being able to come uh, to Miami due to Roland Smith being on staff it is. From what I heard, it shouldn't be an issue, right? There's a waiver process if they had to go through that. Usually those are those are things that are accepted. It's not like the NCAA is not really being stingy right now, especially since they fell back on the, on the uh, rules a little bit of the high school coaches being hired at the next level. Because um, it used to be that if, if you got hired within two years, uh, before or after a, a prospect, you couldn't, recruit from that school right yeah. so Devin Bush is a perfect example of that when Michigan poached them from Flanagan and took a bunch of kids from Flanagan Flanagan in one batch that means that those kids wouldn't have been able to go to Michigan now they've kind of went more lenient on the rules I do think that there are going to be some complaints from the likes of Florida State and probably Louisville to you know conference foes but I don't think that's going to be a huge issue Interesting.
0: Uh, Definitely want to see Ruben Bain stay home. He's just a great kid overall, and um, you know, just to continue the Miami Central pipeline. Miami Central. Uh, By the way, we'll be playing American Heritage in the state championship game, uh, which is going to be quite exciting to see. You know, uh, the likes of Ruben Bain against uh, Mark Fletcher and. Uh, Our guy Kataris Hicks against a guy like uh, Damari Brown. I mean, it's uh, Lamar Seymour, you know, potentially, you know, fighting with uh, uh, Damon Fagan. It's it's, going to be a great matchup just overall. And, you know, also Homestead for the first time making it to the state championship game is going to be quite exciting. I love their quarterback, Josh Townsend um uh they just they've got a really good team overall and um i'm glad to see them on on the main stage here and they're going to be facing saint thomas who's going to be going for history fourth straight championship is what they are striving for you and i we were both at the game last night and we had uh, a chance to talk to some kids i actually had a chance to talk to four-star safety Conrad Hussey, committed to Penn State. Uh, this is a guy I love as well. Um, I think he's just a really rangy cornerback. Uh, well, defensive back who can also play cornerback if needed. Um, but I like him at the safety position. And uh, he is, like I said, committed to the Nitley Lions. But Miami is still in contact with Hussey. Uh, you can see the uh, the interview on our YouTube channel at Keynes County. And uh, he left the option open that, you know, it could be a possibility. Uh, he remains locked in with Penn State for now. But, you know, a lot can change in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, he said it was basically daily contact uh, that he was getting from from the Hurricane staff. And it is a position of need. You only have one safety locked in uh, for the 2023 class in, in Caleb Spencer. So the possibility for Hus- Hussey, uh, uh, could, could happen. Um, you know, I, uh, what, what, what are you hearing about him and, and just, uh, just the possibility of him joining class, what, what, uh, that effect would be.
1: Yeah. From everything I'm hearing, I would not be surprised to, to hear him open it up from Penn State a lot of the top teams around the country have been reaching out to Conrad Hussey. It's, it's been more lack of reciprocation from his side of things uh, and, and not for lack of interest from, especially Miami who's been trying to push and get into this race for a while now, even before the season, uh, you know, and he's, I, I personally think he's going to end up being a cornerback at the next level, just freaky athletic traits, right? Sub eleven hundred hundred meter times, right? Plus forty inch vertical. He's just got he's got elite traits, and I don't think that Miami has that wealth of talent at cornerback right now. Um, I do think that they have. I do think that they have enough guys at safety, and I think that Robert Stafford could even be somebody with his size and his frame to be able to get bigger. And with Cormani McLean and Damari Brown potentially ending up in the class that he could end up being a guy who transitions to safety. I would not be surprised to see that happen. Uh, But Conrad Hussey, freak athlete. um, I think that he could even play like a role, like a a bigger Takori couch, right? Inside the slot, um, you know, who can help out at safety. He needed to a really versatile chess piece on the defensive, uh, in the defensive backfield. Um, And I think that Miami loves him. I think the evaluations, you know, especially with his athletic traits, his pedigree coming from St. Thomas Aquinas and, what people don't really know is he's only played defense for, uh, you know, a couple of years now. He's a, a transition running back receiver um, that, you know, kind of just stepped up last year to make that move to defensive back. Um, so he's still learning to position super raw um, and, and we're, and we still see high level production and highlight plays on a constant basis from a kid like that. And, you know, the tandem of him and King Mac is just, incredible you you and I love both of those kids at St. Thomas Aquinas so to be able to grab at least one of them would be a huge thing for for Miami especially to get into St. Thomas Aquinas a school that they're not constantly getting guys from um I I think you know if you keep building that pipeline with Mario Cristobal uh, any any prospect that you want out of there you'll probably be able to get
0: yeah absolutely um King Mac. Did have also a great game uh, last night. Had a pick six and a kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, King is just, you know, uh, he's been doing this for a while now. Uh, and it's a shame that Miami is not in the race for him. Um, I, sp- I did a chance to speak to him last night. And and Miami's pretty much not uh, a school he's considering. He's also, of course, committed to Penn State along with his buddy uh, Conrad. Um, but a couple of uh, schools are reaching out to him, um, trying to flip him as well, Michigan State uh, for one. But Miami seems to be out of that race. But Miami is in the race for a linebacker that's committing today, which is Marsilius Pulliam. Um, from what I hear, this is a two team race uh, between Miami and Louisville. Uh, as of this morning, I- I've heard that it could be a possibility. Uh, you know, we'll, 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 find out for sure in the next coming hours here. Uh, but the linebacker position is already stocked at three, you know, blue chip linebackers with, you know, Popo Malik Bryant and, uh, Bobby Washington with the possibility of still landing Stan Quan Clark. So. My question is like, do you even go really go after a, a Marcelius polium to, you know, end it and probably end any chance out of Stanquan Clark here? That that that's that's my concern because I think Stanquan Clark is better than Polium. And the fact that he's, you know, I mean, although he's only been there a year, still going to be a Miami Central graduate. So do you even do you even push for this kid? Uh, uh, to to land in the class to possibly sacrifice Stanquan Clark.
1: I, I mean, I don't think that you do, but if it was me, I wouldn't be moving in that direction, especially with with the positive development of Ruben Bain. Uh, I think that opens up any opportunity that that they really you know really want right now. It seems like everything is kind of falling in place for Mario Cristobal. So I I didn't. I'm a little surprised to see them move in the direction of. We're just going to take the guy that we feel like we can get easiest. And I've kind of felt like that when we start started to see like the Collins, Ash and Pong's, and and you know, a couple other candidates at defensive end start to flip. Um, that they were kind of pulling away from Ruben Bain, which but it doesn't seem like that's been happening, you know, based on what I'm hearing. Um they're just trying to load up at that defensive line spot, um, at defensive end. And and I think that Ruben Bain kind of fits that versatile role that Elijah Roberts left as a better version um, where he was able to play at the three technique and also jump outside to playing defensive end, versatile, versatile guy. Um, but I, I think that Stanquan Clark Clark um, is probably a lock to Louisville and they probably see it, right? It, it's everything I'm hearing is, you know, Miami's great NIL wise. Louisville is n- making sure that they don't lose this kid. <laughs> now, they know the value that this kid brings and, I think another thing that's hurting Miami was that Charlie Strong kind of slow played this recruitment um, back in the spring when, when everybody was kind of telling Miami to jump on. He he kind of waited until he proved himself at Central, which he did very early on. He's had I think like eight games of eight tackles or more this season. Um, so I, I think that's hurting the Miami a little bit too, right? The the adult influences in this situation saw the the slow play and they're reminding him of that. Um, Every time there's an evaluation of his options. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a bad thing that they're looking at other options. I I think it's a little weird that they're going after a fourth linebacker. When in the new age of college football, you really only play two. Yeah. And I I would probably dip closer into the transfer port than I would another 2023 backer, especially if he's not a five-star caliber kid. Like if it was Anthony Hill, I would probably be a little bit more likely to to try to jump on that as a, as a, you know, a high, high level blue chip prospect. Um, But, and and nothing against, you know, Marcellus, but I I just, I think it's a little weird. um, And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at Louisville, honestly.
0: Yeah, I would, I wouldn't be surprised as well. I would actually be very surprised if um, Miami does take him as well. Um, But, you know, we'll see. Stranger things have have happened. Um, but we are expecting more players to transfer out of Miami, um, you know, including at the linebacker position. Keontree Smith has been rumored to uh, transfer out, as well as Avery Huff as well. Um, so, you know, maybe they're just looking to stack, depth, stack some depth uh, just in case of injury, um, which, you know, I can see. You can see definitely uh see that happening. Um were there other any other flip candidates that we kind of wanted to touch on here?
1: Uh I don't think that there's anything like immediate that that is is gonna be happening uh as of like this week. Um there are some guys that we're gonna be watching. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah,
0: there is uh you know like Eno uh, Edda is a is a player I kind of wanted to talk about yeah. because you know you mentioned Collins Ashenpong who, um, you know, just flipped from Michigan, also is committed to Michigan, another defensive end. That's a, that's a guy to kind of keep an eye on. And then another guy is Jermaine Matthews, uh, Ohio State defensive back, is another guy to really keep an eye on here uh, to flip from an Ohio State. Um, th- those are two, two guys that I hear Miami is really high on and um i wouldn't be surprised if those two guys ended up in the class especially jermaine matthews Um, since they offered him um you know months ago it's uh uh, they've been kind of you know pushing really hard for him so we'll see if another defensive back he's a four star ends up in the class and and then uh, ito etta um who's uh another one of those African descent uh players who freakishly athletic, you know, kinda has that bond with Ashampong already. And and you know, even Ruben Bain kind of mentioned him in a tweet as well that he would be a dog that he wanna uh, you know, he wants to play with dogs. It, it was something to that effect when asked about you know Edda. So 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 that could be a possibility as well.
1: Yeah, I think the intriguing thing about Etta is he seems to be connected with same and Lola. And Collins Astrupon, right? And it seems like Miami's kind of going after that circle of kids, um, so, which is a positive development, right? You want to get high potential players. Not everybody is a kid that's going to play right away. Uh, you know, we, we've kind of talked about like potentially six to six to eight guys in that freshman class could could, could get some early playing time. Collins is going to be a project, Gregory Rosso type kid, um, and and I think that you know Edda is also of that same mold, right? High potential. Um, not somebody that's going to play right away. You want to get him in the weight room. You want to get him with uh, Coach Saladea, you know, working, uh, you know, developing. Um, but another positive development in the Samson Okanola sweepstakes, right? I, I think yeah. that this is just another example of why Miami's going to end up with him in this class. Uh, and then, you know, with the Ohio State, Ohio State. In- Before you get into
0: that, I do want to mention that, yeah, uh, when when Collins Oceanpong decided to commit, they connected right away uh Samson Okanlola. Uh they connected on the phone. Okanlola actually reached out to Collins uh to kind of ask him, you know, why he decided to flip or whatnot. Uh positive conversation there. So definitely, you know, the the big five star tackle is still trending towards towards Miami. And I, I don't expect that to deter at all.
1: Yeah. And then I don't know if we'll get I don't know if we'll get a flip from Ohio State uh, on the defensive side of the ball you know Ohio State did come in for a home visit um you know i ha- I know there's been some, some noise as of late um I'm probably of the argument that they end up with Conrad hussey um you know as, as that safety prospect that, that they're gonna be looking I don't think they're gonna go get multiple safeties um you know I, I think that they were they've always kind of been looking for like one guy right like at first it was Terrence love right and then it was and then it was uh Joan and then it was Jaden Bonsu. Right. And, and, and it just keep bouncing, bouncing around between one option, you know, boom, 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 boom. And then they keep missing. Um, you know, I, I don't think that they miss on Conrad Hussey. I, th- I think he ends up in this class. Um, and I think that, you know, Ohio State gets to keep their kid. Um, but but the edda one, that's something to watch. Uh, you know, we heard a lot of noise about that this week. Um, so we'll, we'll watch that moving forward.
0: All right. Yeah, sounds good. We'll be watching a lot of things, um, including USA today. Hopefully they can take down the Dutch and and they can move on. Um, But uh, that's going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast. And, uh, you know, we will bring you more exclusive news on canescounty.com. Like I said, part of the Rivals Network. And follow this podcast on Wherever you listen to your podcast, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and also on YouTube is where you be able to find this uh, podcast. So until the next episode.